Section 21 of Pamela or Virtue Rewarded. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela or Virtue Rewarded by Samuel Richardson. Section 21. About four o'clock. My master just came up to me and said, "'If you should see Mr. Williams below, "'do you think, Pamela, you should not be surprised?' "'No, sir,' said I. "'I hope not. "'Why should I?' "'Expect,' said he, "'a stranger, then, when you come down to us in the parlour. "'For the ladies are preparing themselves for the card-table, "'and they insist upon your company.' "'You have a mind, sir,' said I, "'I believe to try all my courage.' "'Why,' said he, "'does it want courage to see him?' "'No, sir,' said I, "'not at all.' "'but I was grievously dashed to see all those strange ladies and gentlemen, "'and now to see Mr. Williams before them, "'as some of them refused his application for me when I wanted to get away. "'It will a little shock me to see them smile "'in recollecting what has passed of that kind.' "'Well,' said he, "'guard your heart against surprises, "'though you shall see when you come down "'a man that I can allow you to love dearly, "'though hardly preferably to me.' "'This surprises me much. "'I am afraid he begins to be jealous of me. "'What will become of me, for he looked very seriously, "'if any turn should happen now? "'My heart aches. "'I know not what's the matter, "'but I will go down as brisk as I can "'that nothing may be imputed to me. "'Yet I wish this Mr. Williams had not been there now, "'when they are all there, "'because of their fleers at me and him.' "'Otherwise I should be glad to see the poor gentleman, "'for indeed I think him a good man, "'and he has suffered for my sake. "'So I am sent for down to cards. "'I'll go, but wish I may continue their good opinions of me, "'for I shall be very awkward. "'My master, by his serious question, "'and bidding me guard my heart against surprises, "'though I should see when I came down "'a man he can allow me to love dearly, "'though hardly better than himself,' "'has quite alarmed me, and made me sad. "'I hope he loves me, but whether he does or not, "'I am in for it now, over head and ears. "'I doubt and can't help loving him. "'Tis a folly to deny it, "'but to be sure I can't love any man preferably to him. "'I shall soon know what he means. "'Now, my dear mother, must I write to you? "'Well might my good master say so mysteriously as he did "'about guarding my heart against surprises.' I was never so surprised in my life, and never could see a man I loved so dearly. Oh, my dear mother, it was my dear, dear father, and not Mr. Williams, that was below, ready to receive and to bless your daughter. And both my master and he enjoined me to write how the whole matter was, and what my thoughts were on this joyful occasion. I will take the matter from the beginning, that Providence directed his feet to the house to this time, as I have had it from Mrs. Jukes, from my master, my father, the ladies, and my own heart and conduct, as far as I know of both, because they command it, and you will be pleased with my relation, and so, as you know how I came by the connection, will make one uniform relation of it. It seems, then, my dear father and you were so uneasy to know the truth of the story which Thomas had told you, that fearing I was betrayed and quite undone, he got leave of absence, and set out that day after Thomas was there. And so, on Friday morning, he got to the neighbouring town, 
and there he heard that the gentry in the neighbourhood were at my master's at a great entertainment. He put on a clean shirt and neckcloth, which he bought in his pocket, at an alehouse there, and got shaved. And so, after he had eaten some bread and cheese, and drank a can of ale, he set out for my master's house with a heavy heart, dreading for me, and in much fear of being browbeaten. He had, it seems, asked at the alehouse what family the squire had down here, in hopes to hear something of me. And they said, a housekeeper, two maids, and at present, two coachmen and two grooms, a footman and a helper. Was that all, he said? They told him there was a young creature there, belike, who was, or was to be, his mistress, or somewhat of that nature, but had been his mother's waiting-maid. This, he said, grieved his heart, and confirmed his fears. So he went on, and about three o'clock in the afternoon came to the gate, and ringing there, Sir Simon's coachman went to the iron gate, and he asked for the housekeeper, though from what he had written, in his heart he could not abide her. She sent for him in, little thinking who he was, and asked him in the little hall what his business with her was. "'Only, madam,' he said, "'whether I cannot speak one word with the squire.' "'No, friend,' said she, "'he is engaged with several gentlemen and ladies.' Said he, "'I have business with his honour of greater consequence to me than either life or death,' and tears stood in his eyes. At that she went into the great parlour where my master was talking very pleasantly with the ladies, and she said, "'Sir, here is a good tight old man that wants to see you on business of life and death,' he says, "'and is very earnest.' "'Aye,' said he, "'who can that be? Let him stay in the little hall, and I'll come to him presently.' They all seemed to stare, and Sir Simon said, "'No more or less, my dare say, my good friend, but a bastard child.' "'If it is,' said Lady Jones, "'bring it in to us.' "'I will,' said he. Mrs. Jukes tells me my master was much surprised when he saw who it was, and she much more, when my dear father said, "'Good God, give me patience, but as great as you are, sir, I must ask for my child,' and burst out into tears.' "'Oh, what trouble have I given you both?' "'My master said, taking him by the hand, "'Don't be uneasy, Goodman Andrews. "'Your daughter was on the way to be happy.' "'This alarmed my dear father, and he said, "'What, then, is she dying?' "'And trembled, he could scarce stand. "'My master made him sit down, and sat down by him, "'and said, No, God be praised, she is very well. "'And pray be comforted, I cannot bear to see you thus apprehensive.' "'but she has written you a letter to assure you "'that she has reason to be well satisfied and happy.' "'Ah, sir,' I said he, "'you told me once she was in London, "'waiting on a bishop's lady, "'when all the time she was a severe prisoner here.' "'Well, that's all over, Goodman Andrews,' said my master, "'but the times are altered, "'for now the sweet girl has taken me prisoner, "'and in a few days I shall put on "'the most agreeable fetters that ever man wore.' "'Oh, sir,' said he, "'you are too pleasant for my griefs. "'My heart's almost broke. "'But may I not see my poor child? "'You shall presently,' said he, "'for is she coming down to us, "'and since you won't believe me, "'I hope you will her.' "'I ask you, good sir,' said he, "'but one question until then, "'that I may know how to look upon her "'when I see her. "'Is she honest? "'Is she virtuous?' "'As a new-born babe, Mr. Andrews,' "'said my good master, "'and in twelve days' time, I hope, "'will be my wife.' "'Oh, flatter me not, good your honour,' said he. "'It cannot be, it cannot be. 
I fear you have deluded her with strange hopes, and would make me believe impossibilities. Mrs. Jukes, said he, do you tell my dear Pamela's good father, when I go out, all you know concerning me, and your mistress that is to be. Meanwhile, make much of him, and set out what you have, and make him drink a glass of what he likes best. If this be wine, added he, fill me a bumper. She did so, and he took my father by the hand, and said, Believe me, good man, and be easy, for I can't bear to see you tortured in this cruel suspense. Your dear daughter is the beloved of my soul. I am so glad you are come, for you'll see us all in the same story. And here's your dame's health, and God bless you both, for being the happy means of procuring for me so great a blessing. And so he drank a bumper to this most obliging health. "'What do I hear? It cannot surely be,' said my father. "'And your honour is too good, I hope, to mock a poor old man. "'This ugly story of the bishop runs in my head. "'But you say I shall see my dear child, and I shall see her honest. "'If not, poor as I am, I would not own her.' "'My master bid Mrs. Jukes not let me know yet that my father was come. "'I went to the company and said, "'I have been agreeably surprised.' Here is honest old Goodman Andrews come full of grief to see his daughter, for he fears she is seduced, and tells me, good honest man, that poor as he is, he will not own her if she be not virtuous. Oh, said they all with one voice almost, dear sir, shall we not see the good man you have so praised for his plain good sense and honest heart? If, said he, I thought Pamela would not be too much affected with the surprise, I would make you all witness to their first interview, for never did daughter love a father, or father a daughter, as they two do one another. Miss Darnford, and all the ladies and gentlemen too, begged it might be so. But was this not very cruel, my dear mother? For well might they think I should not support myself in such an agreeable surprise. He said kindly, I have but one fear, that the dear girl may be too much affected. Well, said Lady Darnford, we'll all help to keep up her spirits. Says he, I'll go up and prepare her, but I won't tell her of it. So he came up to me, as I have said, and amused me about Mr. Williams, to half prepare me for some surprise, although they could not have said anything to this, and he left me, as I said, in that suspense at his mystical words, saying, he would send to me when they were going to cards. My master went from me to my father, and asked if he had eaten anything. No, said Mrs. Jukes, the good man's heart is so full he cannot eat, nor do anything till he has seen his dear daughter. That shall be soon, said my master. I will have you come in with me, for she is going to sit down with my guests to a game at quadrille, and I will send for her down. Oh, sir, said my father, don't, don't let me. I am not fit to appear before your guests. "'Let me see my daughter by myself, I beseech you.' "'Said he, they all know your honest character, Goodman Andrews, "'and long to see you for Pamela's sake.' "'So he took my father by the hand "'and led him in against his will to the company. "'They were all very good. "'My master kindly said, "'Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you "'one of the honestest men in England, "'my good Pamela's father.' Mr. Peters went to him and took him by the hand and said, We are all glad to see you, sir. You are the happiest man in the world in a daughter, whom we never saw before to-day, but cannot enough admire. 
said my master, this gentleman, Goodman Andrews, is the minister of the parish, but is not young enough for Mr. Williams. This airy expression, my poor father said, made him fear for a moment that it was all a jest. Sir Simon also took him by the hand and said, Ay, you have a sweet daughter, honesty, we are all in love with her. And the ladies came and said very fine things, Lady Darnford particularly, that he might think himself the happiest man in England in such a daughter. If, and it please you, madam, said he, she be but virtuous, tis all in all, for all the rest is accident. But I doubt his honour had been too much upon the jest with me. No, said Mrs. Peters, we are all witnesses that he intends very honourably by her. It is some comfort, said he, and wiped his eyes, that such good ladies say so. But I wish I could see her. They would have had him sit down by them, but he would only sit behind the door in a corner of the room, so that one could not soon see him as one came in, because the door opened against him and hid him almost. The ladies all sat down, and my master said, "'Desire Mrs. Jukes to step up, and tell Miss Andrews the ladies wait for her.' So down I came. Miss Stanford rose and met me at the door, and said, "'Well, Miss Andrews, we longed for your company.' I did not see my dear father, and it seems his heart was too full to speak, and he got up and sat down three or four times successively, unable to come to me or to say anything. The ladies looked that way, but I would not, supposing it was Mr. Williams, and they made me sit down between Lady Darnford and Lady Jones, and asked me what we should play at. I said, at what your ladyships please. I wondered to see them smile and look upon me, and to that corner of the room. But I was afraid of looking that way, for fear of seeing Mr. Williams, though my face was that way too, and the table before me. Said my master, Did you send your letter away to the post-house, my good girl, for your father? To be sure, sir, said I, I did not forget that. I took the liberty to desire Mr. Thomas to carry it. What, said he, I wonder, will the good old couple say to it? "'Oh, sir,' said I, "'your goodness will be a cordial to their dear honest hearts.' "'At that my dear father, not able to contain himself, "'nor yet to stir from the place, "'gushed out into a flood of tears, "'which he, good soul, had been struggling with, it seems, "'and cried out, "'Oh, my dear child!' "'I knew the voice, and lifting up my eyes, "'and seeing my father, gave a spring, "'overturned the table without regard to the company, "'and threw myself at his feet.' "'Oh, my father, my father,' said I, "'can it be? Is it you?' "'Yes, it is, yes, it is. "'Oh, bless your happy daughter,' I would have said, "'and down I sunk. "'My master seemed concerned. "'I feared,' said he, "'that the surprise would be too much for her spirits, "'and all the ladies ran to me, "'and made me drink a glass of water, "'and I found myself encircled in the arms "'of my dearest father. "'Oh, tell me,' I said I, "'everything,' "'How long have you been here? "'When did you come? "'How does my honoured mother?' "'And half a dozen questions more "'before he could answer one. "'They permitted me to retire with my father, "'and then I poured forth all my vows "'and thanksgivings to God for this additional blessing, "'and confirmed all my master's goodness "'to his scarce-believing amazement. "'And we kneeled together, blessing God and one another "'for several ecstatic minutes, "'and my master coming in soon after,' My dear father said, "'Oh, sir, what a change is this! 
May God reward and bless you, both in this world and the next. May God bless us all, said he. But how does my sweet girl? I have been in pain for you. I'm sorry I did not apprise you beforehand. Oh, sir, said I, it was you, and all you do must be good, but this was a blessing so unexpected. Well, said he, you have given pain to all the company. They will be glad to see you when you can, for you have spoiled all their diversion, and yet painfully delighted them at the same time. Mr. Andrews, added he, do you make this house your own, and the longer you stay, the more welcome you'll be. After you have a little composed yourself, my dear girl, step into us again. I'm glad to see you so well already. And so he left us. See you, my dear father, said I, what goodness there is in this once naughty master. Oh, pray for him, and pray for me that I may deserve it. How long has this happy change been wrought, my dear child? Oh, said I, several happy days. I have written down everything, and you'll see from the depth of misery what God has done for your happy daughter. Blessed be his name, said he, but do you say he will marry you? Can it be that such a brave gentleman will make a lady of the child of such a poor man as I? Oh, the divine goodness! How will your poor dear mother be able to support these happy tidings? I will set out to-morrow to acquaint her with them, for I am but half happy till the dear woman shares them with me. To be sure, my dear child, we ought to go to some far country to hide ourselves, that we may not disgrace you by our poverty. Oh, my dear father, said I, now you are unkind for the first time. Your poverty has been my glory and my riches. And I have nothing to brag of, but that I ever thought it was an honour, rather than a disgrace, because you were always so honest, that your child might well boast of such a parentage. In this manner, my dear mother, did we pass the happy moments, till Miss Darnford came to me and said, How do you do, dear madam? I rejoice to see you so well. Pray let us have your company, and yours too, good Mr. Andrews, taking his hand. This was very obliging, I told her, and we went to the great parlour, and my master took my father by the hand, and made him sit down by him, and drink a glass of wine with him. Meantime I made my excuses to the ladies as well as I could, which they readily granted me. But Sir Simon, after his comical manner, put his hands on my shoulders, let me see, let me see, said he, where your wings grow, for I never saw anybody fly like you. Why, said he, you have broken Lady Joan's shins with the table. Show her else, madam. His pleasantry made them laugh, and I said I was very sorry for my extravagancy, and if it had not been my master's doing, I should have said it was a fault to permit me to be so surprised, and put out of myself before such good company. They said all was very excusable, and they were glad I had suffered no more by it. They were so kind as to excuse me at cards, and played by themselves, and I went by my master's commands, and sat on the other side, in the happiest place I was ever blessed with, between two of the dearest men in the world to me, and each holding one of my hands. My father, even every now and then, with tears, lifting up his eyes, and saying, could I ever have hoped this? I asked him if he had been so kind as to bring the papers with him. He said he had, and looked at me, as who should say, Must I give them to you now? 
I said, be pleased to let me have them. He pulled them from his pocket, and I stood up, and with my best duty gave them into my master's hands. He said, thank you, Pamela. Your father shall take all with him, so see what a sad fellow I have been, as well as the present happier alteration. But I must have them all again, for the writer's sake. The ladies and gentlemen would make me govern the tea-table, whatever I could do, and Abraham attended me to serve the company. My master and my father sat together, and drank a glass or two of wine instead of tea, and Sir Simon joked with my master, saying, I warrant you would not be such a woman's man as to drink tea for ever so much with the ladies. But your time's coming, and I doubt not you'll be made as comfortable as I. My master was very urgent with them to stay supper, and at last they complied, on condition that I would grace the table, as they were pleased to call it. I begged to be excused. My master said, Don't be excused, Pamela, since the ladies desire it. And besides, said he, we won't part with your father, and so you may as well stay with us. I was in hopes that my father and I might sup by ourselves, or only with Mrs. Jukes, and Miss Darnford, who was a most obliging young lady, said, We will not part with you, indeed we won't. When supper was brought in, Lady Darnford took me by the hand, and said to my master, Sir, by your leave, and would have placed me at the upper end of the table. "'Pray, pray, madam,' said I, "'excuse me. I cannot do it. Indeed I cannot.' "'Pamela,' said my master, to the great delight of my good father, as I could see by his looks, "'oblige Lady Danford, since she desires it. It is but a little before your time, you know.' "'Dear good sir,' said I, "'pray don't command it. Let me sit by my father, pray.' "'Why,' said Sir Simon, "'here's a do indeed.' "'Sit down at the upper end, as you should do, "'and your father shall sit beside you there.' "'This put my dear father upon difficulties. "'And my master said, "'Come, I'll place you all.' "'And so put Lady Downford at the upper end, "'Lady Jones at her right hand, "'and Mrs. Peters on the other. "'And he placed me between the two young ladies, "'but very genteelly put Miss Downford "'below her younger sister, "'saying, "'Come, miss, I put you here "'because you shall hedge in this little cuckoo.' "'for I take notice with pleasure of your goodness to her, "'and beside, all you very young ladies should sit together.' "'This seemed to please both sisters, "'for had the youngest miss been put there, "'it might have piqued her, "'as matters had been formerly to be placed below me, "'whereas Miss Darnford, giving place to her younger sister, "'made it less odd she should to me, "'especially with that handsome turn of the dear man, "'as if I were a cuckoo and to be hedged in.' My master kindly said, Come, Mr. Andrews, you and I will sit together, and so took his place at the bottom of the table, and set my father on his right hand, and Sir Simon would sit on his left. For, said he, Parson, I think the petticoat should sit together, and so do you sit down by that lady, his sister. A boiled turkey standing by me, my master said, Cut up the turkey, Pamela, if it be not too strong work for you, that Lady Downford may not have too much trouble. "'so I carved it in a trice and helped the lady. "'Miss Stanford said, "'I would give something to be so dexterous a carver. "'Oh, madam,' said I, "'my late good lady would always make me do these things "'when she entertained her female friends, "'as she used to on particular days. "'Ah,' said my master, "'I remember my poor mother would often say, "'if I or anybody at the table "'happened to be a little out in carving, "'I'll send up for my Pamela to show you how to carve.' 
said Lady Jones. Miss Andrews has every accomplishment of her sex. She's quite wonderful for her years. Miss Darnford said, and I can tell you, madam, that she plays sweetly upon the spinet, and sings as sweetly to it, for she has a fine voice. Foolish, said Sir Simon. Who that hears her speak knows not that. And who that sees her fingers believes not that they were made to touch any key. Oh, parson, said he, tis well you're by, or I should have had a blush from the ladies. I hope not, Sir Simon, said Lady Jones, for a gentleman of your politeness would not say anything that would make ladies blush. No, no, said he, for the world. But if I had, it would have been, as the poet says, they blush because they understood. When the company went away, Lady Darnford, Lady Jones, and Mrs. Peters severally invited my master and me with him to the houses, and begged that he would permit me at least to come before we left those parts. And they said, We hope when the happy knot is tied, we will induce Mr. B. to reside more amongst us. We are always glad, said Lady Darnford, when he was here, but now shall have double reason. Oh, what grateful things were these to the ears of my good father! When the company was gone, my master asked my father if he smoked. He answered, No. He made us both sit down by him, and said, I have been telling this sweet girl that in fourteen days, and two of them are gone, she must fix on one to make me happy, and have left it to her to choose either one of the first or the last seven. My father held up his hands and eyes. God bless your honour, said he, is all I can say. Now, Pamela, said my master, taking my hand, don't let a little wrong-time bashfulness take place, without any other reason, because I should be glad to go to Bedfordshire as soon as I could, and I would not return till I carry my servants there a mistress who would assist me to repair the mischief she has made in it. I could not look up for confusion, and my father said, My dear child, I need not, I am sure, prompt your obedience, at whatever will most oblige so good a gentleman. What says my Pamela? says my master. She does not used to be at a loss for expressions. Sir, said I, was I too sudden? It would look as if I doubted whether you would hold in your mind, and was not willing to give you time for reflection. But otherwise, to be sure, I ought to resign myself implicitly to your will. Said he, I want not time for reflection, for I have often told you, and that long ago, I could not live without you, and my pride of condition made me both tempt and terrify you to other terms. But your virtue was proof against all temptations, and was not to be awed by terrors. Wherefore, as I could not conquer my passion for you, I corrected myself, and resolved, since you would not be mine upon my terms, you should be upon your own. And now I desire you not on any other, I assure you, and I think the sooner it is done, the better. What say you, Mr. Andrews? Sir, said he, there is so much goodness on your side, and blessed be God, so much prudence on my daughter's, that I must be quite silent. But when it is done, I and my poor wife shall have nothing to do but to pray for you both, and to look back with wonder and joy on the ways of providence. This, said my master, is Friday night, and supposing my girl it be next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday morning. Say, my Pamela. Will you, sir, said I, excuse me till tomorrow for an answer? I will, said he, and touched the bell and called for Mrs. Jukes. "'Where,' said he, "'does Mr. Andrews lie to-night?' 
"'You'll take care of him. "'He's a very good man, "'and will bring a blessing upon every house he sets foot in.' "'My dear father wept for joy, "'and I could not refrain keeping him company. "'And my master, saluting me, "'bid us good-night and retired. "'And I waited upon my dear father, "'and was so full of prattle of my master's goodness "'and my future prospects, "'that I believed after that I was turned all into tongue.' but he indulged me, and was transported with joy, and went to bed, and dreamed of nothing but Jacob's ladder, and angels ascending, and descending, to bless him and his daughter. End of section 21